welcome to the Path to a Better Future on TalkZone.com. Now, here's your host, Jacqueline James Friedman. Good afternoon and welcome to Walk the Path to a Better Future. I am Jacqueline James Friedman and today's topic on TalkZone Radio is when enough is enough. We will be talking about setting boundaries for self and how to be aware of when you're being exploited or abused by others. For example, do you have a meddling mother-in-law or even a father-in-law? Do you come from an enmeshed family where everybody's in your business? Do you also have friends that take your kindness for weakness? If you have a story to share, I want to hear how this has impacted your life. Being aware of what you want and what you don't want is in fact the first part of how you wish to be treated. It's so vital to have self-respect because once you have respect for yourself, then everybody else is aware of how to deal with you. Okay, so we're talking about boundaries here. Building confidence and being assured that you can take those first steps to finding solutions to some of the challenges are also very important. We will be talking about how you can make those first steps to building a path to a better future. If you would like to join in this conversation, the phone lines are open. Please call 888-463-6748. We are taking your calls on TalkZone right now. Can you hear me? Yes, can you hear me? I can. This is Natty from Florida. Hi, Natty. How are you, Chica? I'm very well, thank you. Thank you very much for coming in and supporting me on my first show, Natty. Um, you're you very welcome. You're very welcome, too. Actually, the reason why I asked you to come in on this show, Natty, was because we have known each other for almost 16 years. You were one of my very, very first friends in the United States of America when I transferred out here. And we have had numerous conversations on people that consistently uh, walk over people, ourselves included, in the past, and how we continue to accept the fact that this would be going on, but we're never strong enough to say anything about it. So we would always be talking about, I've had enough, or when is enough enough that we're going to make some changes here? So, Natty, I invited you to come in on this show to share your incredible stories with us. You have a great perspective on life. Um, we've often had n- funny, hilarious conversations, and you are very precious um, in terms of how I think about what I bring into my therapy sessions with my clients. Um, I often hear you in the background somewhere, even though it may not be as clinical as you would like it to be, but it's nevertheless very valid. So I would like you to share a story or stories with us today about when enough was enough for you. So can you tell me of a particular incident that you said, I'm not dealing with this anymore, and you had to set some boundaries? Well, I have so many different issues as far as dealing with boundaries regarding friends and family that now as an older woman, I have learned to say no and say enough, and I've had it, and I'm tired of being the doormat and or the revolving door to everyone's problems. So to think of one in particular, mm-hmm. I would have to say the one with my family. Now, this is something that I struggled with, and you know this for many, 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 many moons, mm-hmm. and how to tell your family enough is enough. 
now my mother is very controlling, extremely meddlesome, um, and very opinionated as far as how she wants me to live my life. Even though, mind you, I'm a married woman with two children, and I live in a totally different state from her. And she, she still feels the need to act a certain way and tell me what she feels I should do with my life. So I got to the point where, after swallowing it and swallowing it for so many years, I told her, no more. I'm not done. And because of that decision, I have not spoken to my mother in over a year. And that was the best decision that I've ever made so far in my life. Wow. Okay. Now, how long had this situation been going on for, Natty? 38 years, to be exact. <laughs> mm. Okay. So as old as you are, years. may I say, are we allowed to ask a girl no, her I'm age? Older than that now. Um, it took me 38 years to realize, you know, who I am and what's my self-worth and to realize that even though this is my mother and I love her to death, sometimes love is not enough when it comes to your happiness and it comes to your future and your family. And you know that I've struggled with this, Jacqueline, because this is something that I've thought about for years and years as far as how am I going to get to that, to that point where I'm going to say enough. And unfortunately, I got to that point. And it, was, it turned into a really bad situation for the whole family. Now, the holidays are not the same. Birthdays and anything else important is not the same because she will not be invited to my home because of her actions, because I've had enough. I've had enough. And that's very sad, right? It is. It's extremely sad. And you, and anyone that's here in the show right now, especially you, and when I spoke with you about this and you asked me, are you sure this is what you want to do? Mm-hmm. And we had the conversation over and over, and I explained to you, yes, I have to just for sanity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And a lot of women and a lot of women, and a lot of men out there cannot tell their family enough and say, you know what, you need to just stay in your lane. And don't cross that boundary anymore. And I got to that point where I kept swerving or letting them swerve back into my lane and obstruct me and not apologize and then just act like nothing happened. And I can't do that anymore. It's not fair to me. It's not fair to my husband. It's not fair to my children. Can you give me an example, Natty, of why you made this decision? Because we don't want it to be a case of where you just uh, stop talking to family members just because you might be angry with them for a minute or two. Okay, so can you give me an example of why you made such a radical decision? Um, okay, let's see. Okay, this is what broke the camel's back was my daughter's first communion. Very, very important holiday, or I'm going to say holiday. Very important mm-hmm. rite of passage in the Catholic Church, which I'm Catholic. And I invited my mom, who lives out of state, to come to my daughter's first communion. Mind you, I'm the only Catholic in the family with my two children. My husband's Methodist and his family's Baptist. So his family all took the day aside and traveled near and far to come and be part of this important rite of passage for my daughter. My mother said she was coming, but she decided that she had something better to do that morning of my daughter's first communion that she wasn't going to be present for it. Now, mind you, I'm the only person that's Catholic in my family. My sisters did not come from out of state, or my father, who lives in state because my parents had a horrible, horrible divorce. But, you know, he's very, I still, I'm still very cordial with him. So he had mm-hmm. called me. My father had called and asked if he could be present for the bath, for the first communion, and I explained to him no, which I felt horrible because my mother was going to be present. And at that point in time, I felt that my mother was the most or the more important parent to me. Needless mm-hmm. to say, the, the baptism, I mean, the first communion was going off without a hitch, and my mother called a week prior and tells me, well, guess what, I'm not, gonna, I'm not coming because of whatever reason, and... I was so upset, and I rate, and I explained to her, Mom, how important is this for us? This is, you're representing me. 
representing the family, it's our religion. And she's like, well, it's no big deal. I'll just be there for the cake afterwards. Mm-hmm. Took a deep breath, and I called my father, and I re-invited him, which was the most heartful thing I've ever done, because now I'm asking a, a person that I just told no to please make the, make, make the effort and please be present for my kid and for me, which he did. And that boiled my mother's blood. She was so irate that she chose not to show up whatsoever to my daughter's first communion. And that broke my heart. Not more so for me, but for my child, because this is an important, this is an important day for her. You cannot recreate a first communion. You cannot recreate anything important when it comes to, you know, the Catholic Church or being a religious person. And mm-hmm. for her blatantly not showing up and basically acting like, well, you shouldn't have invited your father was a slap in the face to me because mm-hmm. it's not about my father it's not about me it's about your grandchild and that's when i said enough is enough and what's interesting in listening to you is that this happened a couple of years ago correct yes and i still hear uh that hurt so yeah and so therefore even when you set the boundaries do you ever still get over the hurt for you? I'm getting over it. I've, I've not as hurt as I was before. Mm-hmm. I, um, I'm learning to move forward only because now my, uh, my second daughter is having her first communion in a couple of months. Mm-hmm. But it's easier for me now because I know where I stand. I know where I lay down my track to pretty much say, mm-hmm. this is where I'm going, and you're not going with me because I am, A, I'm not inviting her, and B, I don't want her to try to manipulate the situation again like she has done in the past myself and to my siblings we're all adults we're all married we all have children we all live i have our own income our own household we don't ask her for anything and all we're asking is that she become a better parent to us mm-hmm. it's not so even more so for, for, the, for her children but for to be a better grandparent to her grandchildren and put all her Ill, Ill will and feelings aside and do the right thing and she just seems she just cannot she can she comes from an old school background which is where I say goes and you listen to me and I'm the parent. And I looked at her and I said, I'm a parent too. Mm-hmm. And I'm your so, child and I have children. So I have to I have to establish where I can draw the line. And the line has been drawn. And she's on standing on one side and I'm on the other. And I can go to sleep at night and close my eyes and not have any ill will towards her. I wish my mother the best, but she has nothing else left to do or say when it comes to me or my kids. So, in other words, it's a process. It continues to be a process, right? No, um, it's not a process anymore. It's done. I've made, you... made my decision. You've made your decision. Okay. Yeah. And it was um, my decision, and Jacqueline. You know, I spoke to you about this for, for months, for years. Mm-hmm. I told mm-hmm. you I was having these feelings. And mm-hmm. I just kept trying to make it better. And I was trying to suck it up, suck up all her indeficiencies, and try to make it seem like, well, you know, she had a hard childhood, and this and that. But well, that's her childhood. That's not my childhood. Whatever choices she made was her choices, not my choices. And I've done the right thing as a daughter, as a woman, and as a mother. And you would think she would be happy and proud and say, whatever you need, I'll be there. And she's not. And she hasn't been for many, many years. And now she's starting to do it with my kids. And that's where the problem starts. And that's where it ends. My kids are not carrying the cross I carried. Did you ever sit down and express these feelings to your mother, Natty? Of course not. Are you kidding me? You can't. You did you not. Okay. Parents. Of course not. You can't tell your, your parents your deep feelings and and still have a great relationship. At least I know I couldn't. 
But did you ever express the feelings of where you were disappointed in the fact that she hadn't turned up to your daughter's? No, I um, we had to sit down. We had to sit down and I explained to her. My first mm-hmm. question to her was, why were you not present for your daughter's, mm-hmm. my, your granddaughter's first communion? And her response was, you had no business inviting your father. Mm. And I said, really? I said, are you kidding me? I'm like, you're telling me that I can't invite my daughter's biological grandfather to her first communion that you said you weren't going to be present for because you don't like him? And that's pretty much, she said, yes. Okay. Do you, but I have... But my next question again, Natty, is do you think you gave your mom a chance to correct some of these behaviors that you didn't like or decisions that she'd made that impacted you? Do you feel like you really sat down with her and discussed it with her? I gave her nine months. And what does that mean? Uh, As far as why was I upset? Mm -hmm. I voiced my opinions to... Other members of the family explained to them why I was hurt and why I was extremely disappointed. Mm-hmm. And she had nine months to decide to pick up the phone, call, email, text, or fly into the state and said, you know what, let's sit down and have a nice, long, drawn-out conversation. And it never happened, and I knew it wasn't going to happen. That's mm-hmm. why I took the effort to have that sit down with her and to tell her how I felt. But the mm-hmm. difference between me and her, and you know this, and I explained to you before, my mother, my mother will never apologize. Because I've always done the apologizing, even though it wasn't my fault. She's never apologized. When she's done wrong, we've, she's never apologized a day in her life. And she continues to never apologize. Fast forward a year and a half, almost two years later, and she still hasn't apologized. And if not, she's turned the tables around to say that I'm a wicked daughter. Natty, have you ever expected her to apologize to you? No, never. Okay. So it's not something that you're disappointed in? No. It is what would, it is, right? It is what it is, but I would have thought that thinking the time frame that has passed, she would have been like more like, well, you know what? I really, I, not even to, more so to me because I'm an adult. I can, I, but more so for the children and say, you know what? I, I miss seeing my grandkids. I would like to spend time with them. Um, let me just try to make a little leeway to be a more served grandparent and just let them know who I am. And mm-hmm. that has yet to occur, and that's not going to occur. Mm. She just, she'll use other family members to try to come around me to explain to me how I'm being rude and I need to do the right thing and, and call her and apologize. That's what she's asking for me to, for me to apologize. For is there rude. anything cultural about this, Natty? Are of there some, there is. yeah. Okay. It's cultural, you know, it's, it's very, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a, of a Latin background and Latin families stick together and they're very tight. Mm-hmm. The head of the household, what is the mother and the father, says what goes, everyone follows suit. If you don't follow mm-hmm. suit, eventually you get chastised or basically thrown under the bus or get, you know, dealt with in a sense. Mm-hmm. And everyone knows your business because mm-hmm. nothing's kept secret or nothing's kept a secret. Nothing. So you can just imagine how this blew over my conversation with her, how it was construed into something totally different than what we actually spoke about. Okay, Natty, it's time to take yes. a short break. Please stay on the line for, for others listening in and you'd like to join our conversation. The lines are open right now. Call in at 888-463-6748.
Welcome back to The Path to a Better Future on TalkZone.com. Once again, here's Jacqueline James Friedman. Welcome back to Walk the Path to a Better Future. We are discussing when enough is enough, and we have a guest Natty from Florida, who is sharing her passionate story about setting boundaries with her mother. Uh, the impact of this decision is something that I want to hear. Um, obviously, what really, what where she really decided that enough was enough was when it now began to impact her children. So, Natty, are you still there? Yes, I am. Wonderful. Okay. So you said enough was enough when your children were now becoming part of boundaries that were being overstepped, correct? Correct, correct. Talk to me how that impacted your children. Well, and unfortunately, they're at the age where I can still shield them from a lot of stuff. And when they ask questions as far as where is she, where hasn't she been to visit, my explanation is she hasn't been here. Um, Mm -hmm. Now, I live in Florida, and my parents live out of state, and they travel to Florida on a probably every three to four months at a time, they come mm-hmm. and they haven't seen my kids in two in two years. Oh wow! And they've wow. been to Florida that many times, and I know they're here because my siblings tell me that they're coming to give me the heads up to stay out of their way, don't run into them. But my biggest fear is that they're going to show up at school and be like, "Hi, surprise, we're here to come get them." And then my kids want, of course, would want to spend time with them because they haven't seen them. And they will poison them against myself and my husband because that's what they do. They don't know how to let children be children and adults be adults. They always bring the kids into adult fights. And this is not the first instance when they've done this. They've done it to my siblings as well, where they'll argue with my sisters and their husbands. And because of their argument, they will not see their children for days, weeks, even months. And they live literally right around the corner from them. And they will not come by and say hi until my sister or her husband, or whichever one they're not speaking of, speaking to at the time, calls them and apologizes for the misunderstanding, mm-hmm. which there isn't any. And I'm knowing this with them for the past couple of years, how something that I wasn't expecting would transpire since I live in a different state. But it happened. And I said, enough is enough. And my siblings don't understand it. They just can't seem to grasp how I can be so firm and so strong about it when they are so weak to do it because they live so close. And this is what I mentioned earlier in the show, building confidence. How did you do that in order for you to get that strength to make such a radical decision? Um, you know, your mother was the pinnacle of your life for the whole time until you made this decision. So where did you gain that strength from, Natty? Um, from watching, from from watching the, my the past, my past histories with my family and how families are, and being mm-hmm. around other families and seeing how they interact, like my husband's family, they're, you know, they're they're impeccable and they're just, it just everything about them is just, you know, loving and caring and it's weird because his mom has been married, it's her third marriage and she's extremely happy and his father's been married twice and they adore their sons. Like if they were little boys, their mm-hmm. sons are in their 30s and 40s. And it's mom, hi mom, and love you son, and hi dad, love you dad. And it's, it's and I just, I, I don't understand it because his parents have been divorced for over 30 years. And they still, when it comes to their grandchildren especially, 
they mm-hmm. always make way for them. They always put all their ill will aside. And that's the part that burned me the most was that mm-hmm. at my daughter's first communion, my, <laughs> and this is a funny story, my husband's mother came with her husband and his father came with the grandfather, with his grand, with, with my husband's grandfather. And that was the first time they were together in the same room since their other son's wedding where, remember I told you there was a stepmother tried to fight my mother-in-law? And I got yes. <laughs> this is what I'm talking about, callers. This is this is Natty coming out with the stories. It's wonderful. Listen, if you'd like to join our conversation, the phone lines are open on 888-463-6748. We're t- taking your calls right now on TalkZone. Please continue, Natty. This is a great conversation. That was a funny thing. So because of that incident at the wedding where she has, and the reason the whole fight started was because the groom's mother, which is my husband's brother, went up to the stepmother and the father and said, thank you for coming to our son's wedding. And his wife did not appreciate it and decided to jump up and scream and yell and call her every name in the book and then mm-hmm. lunged for her. <laughs> so she called her a B word. And I'm oh. standing there like newly married into the family, standing there like, what is going on? And I had to literally break it up. So she was dragged out of the wedding. And because of that incident, she's not a, he's not allowed to go to any functions that pertain to his grandchildren or where his mom's going to be present. Oh. Period. So when he came to my house for my daughter's first communion, and my mother, my mother, who was there for, my, for the birth of my daughters and everything special for them was not there, it burned me. It really did. Sure. So they could put their feelings aside. When it comes to their grandchildren, she should be able to do the exact same thing, and she chooses not to. Nati, where do you think it all went wrong? When keeping it real goes wrong? (laughs) Mm, When keeping it real goes wrong. Tell me, where do you think it all went wrong? Because I told her, I I don't care what you say, this is my household, and if you're not going to be present, I'm going to have somebody in my family that wants to be here, that Mm. will be here and will be supportive, and if that's not you, then it's going to be him. And she did not like that. Okay. Because I went against her. An adult woman went against her adult mother. What do your sisters feel about this decision that you've made? Um, they're waiting for me to make. They're waiting for me to, to to break and make amends and pick up the phone for the holidays and call and tell her how are you, mom? I miss you. I love you. I'm sorry. And I do love my mother, and I would love my mother. She's my mother. But do I miss her? No. Am I sorry? I didn't do anything wrong for me to, for me to apologize about. Mm-hmm. So no. And they're waiting for that, and she's waiting for that too. So she better not hold her breath. It's not happening. So would you say that the two of you have very similar personalities? You're both very strong and, and set in oh, the decisions yeah. that you make? We are, and I, and I take a lot of that from her, which I, and I, and I'm very, very thankful for, and I'm very grateful. However, the difference between my mother and I is that I can, I know when I'm wrong, and I apologize. Mm-hmm. And I always mm-hmm. think about the other side. Of, I always look at the other side of the coin and the little ridges around the around the side of it. You know, there's two sides to every story, and then there's the truth. And I always mm-hmm. try to think about that and think about well, what's best for everybody involved. And in this situation, it wasn't her thinking about that; it was her being one-sided looking at the mm. face of the coin and saying, well, this is the way it is, and that's the end of it, not thinking about, well, what about the other option? And she was not thinking about the other option. So I gave her the other option, which was, your other granddaughter is going to have her first communion soon. Will you be present? And her response was, as long as you invite that man to your home, no, I will not. 
because her love for her hatred, excuse me, her hatred for my father oversees the love she has for her grandchildren. Interesting. So what, what, what am I supposed to do? Now, what does your father think about all of this? I mean, does he think that he's piggy in the middle at all? Or does no, he feel no, bad that this has happened? No, because I don't speak to him about that. Um, they have been divorced for many, many years. Okay. I don't speak to him about the situation as far as me not speaking to her. Okay. And not having that relationship anymore. My relationship with him is solely based, based on him being a grandfather. As you know, or maybe not your listeners know, but my father and I had a falling out many, many years ago. And it wasn't until, I, my, until my daughters were born was when he actually came back into my life. And I asked him, I don't need a father. I need you to be a grandfather. If you want to be a grandfather, you are welcome in my home anytime. But I don't need a father for me to sit on you, to hug you, to kiss you, for you to be that, you know, that, that darling poppy and all that stuff. I don't need that. I need you to be a grandfather to my daughters. If you want to take that role on, you're welcome in my home. The day mm-hmm. you stop being that person, you're asking more of me than just being that, then you do not return to my house. So the same thing. He did the exact same thing. He would, he would come and go as he pleased, and he would leave just disaster and broken hearts. And no, I don't want my daughters to feel the way I felt growing up, and I'm going to change it, and I changed it. And you know and what? You set boundaries it. for your father also very early on, perhaps without even realizing. Oh, I did. I had to with him because I gave him multiple to- chances to mm-hmm. remedy and to be a good person and be a good father to myself and to my sisters. And mm-hmm. it always, he had always had a hidden agenda. And the last straw for me was when his hidden agenda was basically saying to him, guess what, we're not having a relationship. And we didn't. But it wasn't until my daughters were born that he actually made the effort. He says, I'm sorry, he apologized for his indiscrepancies throughout his years as a, as a being a poor father and everything else. And he wants to, wanted to make amends with the grandchildren, which I totally said, if you're willing to do it, I'm giving you one opportunity, only one do the right mm. thing. And since that conversation that I've had with him, he hasn't faulted. How did he get in contact with you? My other sister um, made the effort to call him and let him know that he had three grandchildren at the time, which he had no idea. And mm. um, he was very sad to hear that we were married and had grandchildren. He wasn't a part of it. And he asked her if it would be okay if he was able to come and see them, see us and see them. And sure enough, he has never stopped seeing them since that time. That was over eight, nine years ago. Mm-hmm. He makes an effort. He calls. He, 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 he emails. He texts. He tells them jokes. He does anything. He does anything so that he can spend time with them and talk to them. And right. they love that. They remember him a lot. Even when he, they don't see him for months upon months. They remember the conversation that they've had. So to me, that's important. Okay. And right there now. is actually another question that I have to ask you that's very important. Um, your children, do they ask for their grandmother? Somewhat, sometimes. You know, with kids, kids are resilient, out of sight, out of mind. And they, mm-hmm. mean, if they ask more for my father because he actually spends time with them. He sits okay. down with them. He plays with them. He tells jokes to them. He tells them stories. And they think it's, you know, they're, of course, they're all fixed off fictional stories, but it makes them laugh. And that's one mm-hmm. thing that my mother was never good at was being the jokester. Like even in my childhood, looking back, he was, my mother was a heart, was always working. She was always out there doing something else. And my father mm-hmm. was pretty much a stay-at-home dad because he worked evenings and nights. So they were able to spend a lot of time with him. 
Okay. Now, teach, can you just hold on? Can you just hold on the line just for a second? Sure. We're going to take a short break. We'll come back and finish this discussion. Please stay tuned. We'll be back with more right after this. You're on the path to a better future on Talk Zone. Here's Jacqueline James Friedman. Welcome back to Path to a Better Future. We are discussing when enough is enough. And we have our guest, Natty from Florida, who is sharing her story on how she was able to set boundaries with her mother. If you'd like to join our conversation, the phone lines are open. Please call on 888-463-6748. We're taking your calls right now on Talk Zone. Hi, Natty. Hello. <laughs> Okay, so one of the things that I'm most curious about is how you've dealt with some of the questions that your children may have asked. For example, uh, I haven't seen grandma for a while, or mom, when are we going to see grandma? How have you dealt with those situations? I've said she, they haven't been, they haven't been to Florida to visit. Okay. And I said, I don't know when she's coming next. And that's pretty much it. Okay. And how old are the children? They are eight and nine. So you're right. So in terms of out of sight, out of mind, just because of right. the age and not being really now, too... They, now, I've never kept my kids from them. I've never told uh-huh. them they can't see my kids. I've just said, uh-huh. no, you, we're just not having a relationship with them. They right. are, especially my mom, is just construing it as I'm basically saying you can't have a relationship with them, which mm. is not the case. I've, they are welcome to call my, any one of my siblings to say, hey, we're coming to the state. Basically, you call your sister and let her know that we're going to come into town and we would like to see the kids and, you know, this doesn't mean a place or time for them to see us, but that never occurred and never happened. Mm-hmm. So what am I supposed to do? Force an issue or force the effort? I'm not, I don't want to force somebody to be a grandparent. Mm-hmm. If you don't want to be a grandparent, then just don't be one, but keep it real. I understand. And and the thing is, I know that you would never have wanted the outcome to be this, correct? Of course not. This is definitely not something that you saw coming no. your way. Yeah. No. Um, I was expecting to have the conversation and then be like, okay, you know, I messed up and stuff. And, you know, I, and I really missed out on an important day. And it was my fault for not being there for her. I should have put my feelings aside. But I will never happen. That will never happen again. And that's not, and that wasn't what I expected to hear. I heard more of, well, you did this, and you said that, and you instigated this, and everything that went around the subject as far as all my indiscrepancies as, as, as a woman and as a child and was thrown, on, was thrown onto the table where it wasn't even what we were discussing. But mm-hmm. I'm the type of person that I don't throw bricks. I don't live in a glass house, but I will throw, you cement, I will throw cement blocks at you when I get angry, and I was angry. I was angry that was, we were having conversations about everything but the actual thing at hand. Right. Uh, this impact uh, from this decision that you made, how has it affected the family, your whole family? Well, my, my, my family consists of my husband and my two children. That's my family. Everyone else is outside intermediary, intermediaries. Can't even say that word. Um, so my, my unit is intact. I want to make sure that my husband's happy, I'm happy, and my children are happy. And we're happy. Everything stays 
in a certain in a certain quadrant as far as this is where we are, this is what's going on. And I know that we can live all of us can live in a cardboard box and be happy because we've built our unit to be that strong and that sufficient. Mm-hmm. Now when you start That's adding good. other family members, as far as other family members and not, not not understanding why the holidays come and you need to send them a Christmas card. But you send it to everyone else around them. I can honestly say, why should I send them a Christmas card or anything for the matter when they don't deserve one? I only send it to people that I feel deserves one because we guess what? We are in touch and we're friends and we're family. I'm sending it to you if I don't know you, if I haven't spoken to you all year. Right. There's no point. And that's the way and that's where I looked at it looked at it with them. Did you not, not receive a Christmas earlier. card from them? Is is that why this issue is coming up? No, it was it wasn't you know what it was? And I found this out afterwards. My mother in law received a Christmas card from my family where it showed my my mother that her husband and all her grandchildren, minus my two. Now, why would you send a Christmas card to my in-law? Not only to my mother-in-law, but to my sister's mother-in-law, mother-in-law as well. Why would you do that? When did this happen? Saw, probably about two years ago. This is right after the oh. incident with the... Yeah, and I found this out in passing. But my sister didn't even mention it to me. It was my mother-in-law that said, oh, by the way. And I was like, what are you talking about? And I was completely shocked that she had the audacity to send a card to my mother-in-law with her grandchildren without the two that represent who my mother-in-law's grandchildren are to her home and say, happy holidays. And I even mentioned that there's two more that are missing from this picture. How dare you? That's what I mean as far as boundaries. She doesn't know where when to stop, so I had to stop her, at least for me. So when you, did you see the card? No, I ended up seeing a, a huge frame. They ended up taking the picture and blowing it up into a big canvas frame, which they hang in their home in Florida. Oh. So when yeah. you heard that and when you saw the card, what did you think? I was like, no way. First of all, I was in shock. Like, really? Like, you would actually do that? And then someone send it and actually send it out to people that I know that know you and I are not speaking? And then I asked my sisters, I'm like, what's this about? And they said, we had no idea that she was sending it out as a Christmas card. <clears throat> we just thought she was doing a family, you know, impromptu picture because the kids were all together. Because all the kids live in the same state. My two, my, my two kids are the only one that live out of state. Mm-hmm. Like, we never ever picture. And by the time we realized it, it was too late. She had already sent them out. And we were like, why did you do that? And she's like, it's no big deal because she didn't send one to us. So she figured that we would never know. Oh, I see. Okay. Fast. Good gossip travels fast, I guess. Ooh, okay. You weren't talking to your mother at this point, or you were? No, wasn't. I was not. Okay. So did you see that as a genuine um, mistake because your two daughters don't live in New York, or did you see that as being uh, spiteful? No, I thought of her being spiteful. I thought of her jabbing at me. Well, that's what I mean. That's why. That's where. The, well, that's where the kids come involved. You're jabbing at me. Why are you taking it out on the kids? If my kids would have gotten one of this card or even had seen it, they would have been upset by it. Because what mm-hmm. kid doesn't want to be in a, in a Christmas card with their, with their grandparents when all their cousins are there? So Interesting. So, but, I, anyway, but even after, subsequently after that's when I had the sit-down conversation where the whole conversation turned into me and not into the issue at hand, which was why were you not present at my daughter's first communion? Mm-hmm. Interesting. It is very interesting. What about the relationship with your sisters? Has that changed? Because surely now with this decision that you've made to somewhat cut your mother, right? That's what you've done. Correct. 
um, there has got to be some problems that your sisters have encountered in discussing her with you? Have they tried to try and mend things with you? They've tried, and they've asked me to make the effort, and I pretty much have said no. And they've come to me in other ways, saying, well, she's sick, she's this, she's that, and I was like, good. I'm just done. Mm. I'm just, you know, I didn't, I guess they don't understand where I'm coming from, or just they don't want to understand where I am, what point I am in my life. And I explained to them over and over and over again, this is where I am, this is where I stand. I'm like a hole in the ground. You're not, I'm not swinging left or right. I'm not even a tree. I'm not even swinging. I'm standing firm as far as what I believe. It may be right, it may be wrong, but it's my belief. And you can have a relationship with me separate from her, but if you have to have a relationship with me and her, then it's not going to happen. I'm not now, ha- has your relationship changed with your sisters? Have you noticed anything in the last two years? Yes, one of my sisters is more on the bandwagon of of the other side, which is she basically only talks to me when it's beneficial to her. Mm. And when she wants something from me, whether she's arguing with my family or somebody's not listening to her, she'll pick up the phone and call me, but she's pretty much on that bandwagon, which is fine because she's always been that way. So that's fine with me. But my other Mm. sister, she's struggling because she is always a mediator and she's always trying to make everybody be happy. But she's mm-hmm. getting to the point where she wants to cut ties, but she doesn't know how to do it, when to do it, and how mm-hmm. to impact her relationship and her children's relationship, considering that they live so close, how that would work. Right. Now, I, talking about the, the distance, do you think it's, it was easier for you to make that decision purely because you live so far away from your mother? It, it, I, of course. Because I, mm-hmm. I chose to leave my family. I chose to live on my own and land on my own to see with, anyone, with no one's assistance. That was mm-hmm. my decision. So mm-hmm. in order to salvage my relationship with my, with my mother, I decided to move out of state. Because out of state, I, was, she was, wasn't, I wasn't in her face all the time. And we clashed as when I was a teenager, of course. She doesn't clash with a teenager. I could have clashed with her my whole life. So when I moved out of state, we became closer. We had a closer relationship. We had pretty much mother-daughter bonding. We did the shopping thing, stuff that I never did as a teenager. We mm-hmm. actually got along. And, and I looked at it as I'm a mature adult. I'm married, I have a mortgage, and she sees me as being responsible, and she's happy and grateful for that. But that went from her being happy and grateful to, to well, you know, you should do this, and you should do that, and never, anything that I did was never enough. Mm-hmm. So, okay, I understand that you live out of space, nice to see you, let's hang out, go back to your state, end of story. But now that the kids are here, and she's coming to my state, in a sense, and bringing all her baggage from the past, that she wants mm-hmm. to remind me of and speak about it in front of the kids is where I'm going to have a problem because it has nothing to do with anything. Did you find that you needed to seek counseling for making this radical change? I, oh, you did? No, okay. no I did. I, 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 seek, I was seeking counseling probably five or six years prior to, have, to this whole incident happening because I was having the feeling of not having a supportive parent. And when you have one parent, when you come from a divorce household and you have that one parent that you always rely on and you mm. expect them to do the right thing for you, when mm. they disappoint you, it's hard on you. And there was many instances that I started remembering that she wasn't supportive and she wasn't, she didn't have my back and she wasn't there for me when I desperately, desperately needed her. Mm. And I went to counseling because I was starting to notice that relationship with my, my oldest daughter who was probably five or six at the time. And mm. I felt horrible. 
I felt horrible that she, we were distancing each other because I felt like I was coming, I was protruding my mother to her. So we went to counseling. I sat down and spoke to the therapist. They had the family counseling, had the marriage counseling, had all that stuff. And the therapist looked at me and said, there's nothing wrong with you. It's mm-hmm. just that, you know, you just have a certain way of looking at things and people either like it or they don't. And in this situation, she, your mom doesn't like it. And I said, I agree. And that's something about me that I know she never liked was mm-hmm. my how, how opinionated I was when it comes to certain things. Now, you know me, Jacqueline. I don't speak about anything. If you ask me my opinion, opinion, I will tell you. Correct. But I will inhale and I will swallow and I will eat it for as long as you feed it to me. But when I open my mouth, I'm going to regurgitate oh. everything. All hell will let loose, first. right? Always. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Always. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what happened. I held it too long. I held it for five years. Five years of just doubt and just just insecurities on my part and knowing knowing deep down inside that she was not the person that I thought she was and she was never going to be. And when that's, she started spewing that... Let's hold that thought right there, that. Natty. Hold that thought right there. It's time to take a short break. Stay tuned. We'll be back with more right after this. Let's return to Jacqueline James Friedman for more of The Path to a Better Future on TalkZone.com. Welcome back to Path to a Better Future. We are discussing when enough is enough, and we have our guest, Natty from Florida, who is sharing our story. We are about to close off with... Uh, the solutions that you came up with, Natty, were great solutions, okay, to some of the challenges that you were experiencing. Um, what we need to know now is now that you put all those in effect, how do you really feel? Do you feel that you are on the path to a better future or do you think this has hindered your life? Where are you at with all of these changes that you made? I feel, it's funny saying this, but I feel liberated. I feel liberated. Okay. I desperate. I feel like I was a trapped slave, trapped in a relationship with someone who I thought I had no choice but to have a relationship with because of them being blood-related, especially my mother who gave birth to me, and then I was mm-hmm. trapped for the rest of my life of dealing with her nonsense and her way of thinking, and I don't have to anymore. And I'm so happy. I'm content. I'm. I can breathe. I don't feel the anxiety, the, the tension when I know she's coming into town. Mm-hmm. And, and, it, and it's sad because I shouldn't feel that way about my parents. And most people that I speak to and have this conversation with, they were just in complete, utter shock. They think that one day I'm going to wake up and regret, regret of what my decision. And they said, I don't go to sleep with regret, regrets because it's nothing for me to regret. This is something that I decided to do years ago, and I just finally had the galls to go ahead and do it. Mm-hmm. And I'm happier, and I'm, it's sad, because I am happier. But it took me 38 years to find happiness the way I wanted it to be. And so if we were to flip the coin a little bit, Natty, if you didn't make those changes, could you envisage what your life would be like right now? It would be the same. It would be the same thing of me basically apologizing for something I didn't do or making excuses for stuff that I didn't do just to appease her. And it would have nothing to do with how I really felt. And then I would look at my children, and when they were 30-something years old, and they would look at me and say, Mom, 
you know, you were not a good parent and you didn't do this. And I don't want that. I don't want my kids to look at me and have have this taste in their mouth saying that I didn't, you know, support them and I didn't stand by them and I didn't do that thing. Mm-hmm. I didn't want them to feel that way because that's how I felt. And I want, I'm not going to have my kids carrying the same crosses that I carried. That's my cross. So in other words, you had no choice but to make that decision that you made, in other words. I had no choice. Yeah, again, it came came to fruition and it happened happened that way for a reason. I don't know what reason it was, but it happened that way and I'm happy that it happened because it was a long time coming. Mm -hmm. How do you ensure that you don't pass those burdens on to your daughters? I know I do. I'm, I'm definitely doing it differently. My daughters are loved, and I tell them every single waking minute that they're awake that I love them. And I explain to them that, you know, life is difficult, and as you get older, it gets harder. But I'm not going to hold your hand and drag you through life. But I will mm-hmm. be there. So when you do fall down, Mommy's going to be right behind you to pick you up and dust you over and keep pushing you forward. So you mm-hmm. can be the best person that you can be. And that's the way I look at my relationship with them. I'm going to push them and push them. I'm not going to drag them. I'm going to push them to do better. And when right. they fall down, which they all they are going to fall down, I'm going to be there to pick them up and say, "Okay, let's go, keep on going." And that's so you that you can confidently say that you're doing it better, you're doing it differently, not necessarily better, but you're doing it differently. Yes, because I'm going to be supportive. I'm supportive, and I want and I want the best for them, and I want them to be extremely happy in whatever decision they make, and let them know that you know when you did wrong, you did wrong, and when you did right, you did right, and compliment them, and of course scold them, and let them know. I want them to understand that. I don't just want to. Be happy for them for the happy times, and mm-hmm. not and not be upset with them when when bad things happen. When they're upset and, dis- and they get disappointed, you're not disappointing me. You're disappointing yourself. Sure, and sure. That's how it is. So that was my that was my when my enough is enough. Very good. You know, this has been a wonderful, wonderful conversation. I am pretty sure that there are the majority of people out there that have come to uh, a point in their life when they've had to make decisions uh, such as this that's been very difficult but they've had to in order to make changes for their future to be better than the way it is now we're talking about coming out of some form of dysfunctionality and trying to make it better for the future correct correct and we're trying we're all trying we're all trying very very hard to make those changes they're not easy changes but you know what i want to talk about very quickly because the show's coming to an end quite soon when you know that something is not right natty do you get a physical feeling i get sick does it does it manifest itself physically when you know that certain yeah. things aren't right? You've got bad friendships yeah. or you have bad relationships or you have bad family relations, whatever that may be. Can it manifest itself physically? I can. I used to get yes. sick every time I knew she was coming into town. I would get, there you I go. Would automatically get anxiety. Get anxiety. And that's, yeah. High anxiety yeah. and just, uh, I just couldn't cope. I just couldn't, I was just be so stressed leading up to her visit. And yeah. now, she comes in and starts to stress me because of the whole school situation if she shows up at my kid's school. But besides that, you know, it's under control. Yeah. And you know what? I I think that's something that we must think about, that, that not only is it a decision that we have to make, but it's one based on the fact that we actually – begin to get sick somehow it manifests itself in a physical form whether it be stomach aches headaches tension anxiety depression so these 
the all topics that we will be talking about over the next few weeks when enough is enough and you have to make these decisions. Natty, we've been speaking to you from Florida today. I thank you, my friend, for being supportive. I thank you for being able to not overstep boundaries in our friendship. I thank you for having a great friendship because those are the things that we've worked on for the last almost 16 years. And I thank you for joining my first show today. Thank you very much, Natty. That's Anytime, all for my this. dear. I'm always here for you. Thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. That's all for this week's show. I'll be back next week at the same time discussing part two of Enough is Enough. This time we will be focusing on individuals who are struggling with partners who cheat. Thank you for listening.